ஃபர்ஹபூன் places Allah tabarak wa ta'ala addresses the Bani Israel. The Bani Israel, these are actually the progeny of Yaqub alayhi salatu wa salam. And they are the <coughs> progeny of Anbiya alayhi salatu wa salam. The various other Anbiya of Bani Israel that came after Yaqub alayhi salatu wa salam. So they are in his progeny essentially and then coming down. and in numerous places they are addressed in the quran sharif but the quran sharif addresses somebody the messages for everyone the bani israel were addressed in this ayat that was recited as well allah taala says to them that all the children of israel israel is the name of yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam يا بني اسرائيل اذكروا نعمتي التي انعمت عليكم that remember the favors that i showered upon you and then allah taala says وَأُوفُوا بِعَهْدِي أُوفِي بِعَهْدِكُمْ you fulfill my covenant the pledge that you've made with me then i will fulfill my promise to you whatever i you are supposed to do in terms of the covenant and the pledge with me you do that i will fulfill my deal as well and wa iyaya farhabun that fear me alone you should not be concerned about anybody else but that you should not displease me now already in this ayat there are so many things that are lessons for us the essential command in this is to fulfill the pledge and the covenant that we have made with allah taala what is that pledge what is that covenant what is that promise so allah taala has taken this pledge from us when we were asked that alastu bi rabbikum already in the alam arwah in the realm where all the souls were gathered Am I not your Rabb? And everybody responded, Indeed, you are our Rabb. So Allah Ta'ala is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, our cherisher. Allah Ta'ala is providing for us every second, every moment. It is only on the basis of His grace and mercy that we can exist for even one millisecond. Our faculties, our limbs, our organs are only functioning because of the grace of Allah Ta'ala. 
for one moment also Allah Ta'ala takes away that special grace, that special mercy, then this insan will be totally helpless. He will not be able to see anything, to hear anything, to speak anything, to do anything, to lift one finger, and he will be able to do absolutely nothing. Every single thing he does, his heart ticks with the grace of Allah Taala. Every drop of blood that flows in his veins with the mercy and grace of Allah Taala. Every step he takes because of Allah Taala's respite. Sometimes we feel that I am being taken to task very, very severely for whatever mistakes I make sometimes. Yes, and often this is how we will describe it, that I am not perfect. In other words, I am very good, yes sir, I am not perfect. So, I am not perfect, so I make one, two small errors here and there, but I am after all, at least if not very good, I am good. And I still get taken to task so seriously. So this is something like a bit too harsh. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala spells this out to us, وَلَوْ يُعَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسَ بِمَا كَسَبُوا مَا تَرَكَ عَلَى ظَهْرِهَا مِن دَابَّةِ if Allah Ta'ala had to truly take insan to task for the wrongs that he does, for the sins that he commits, then if that was the case that a person, whatever he did, accordingly he must receive the punishment. If that was the case, then not a single living being would have been left on earth. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. He doesn't bring down what a person truly deserves. So in any case, everything that we are benefiting from whatever we are enjoying, whatever faculties we use, every single thing is only by the mercy and the grace of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah wa Ta'ala is saying to us that fulfill my covenant, the covenant that you made, that when you acknowledge that I am your Rabb, if I am your Rabb, I am your sustainer, I am your nourisher, I created you, then you should be obedient to me alone. You should worship me alone. You should be totally subservient to me alone. So that is the pledge we've made to Allah Ta'ala. And therefore in this ayat Allah Ta'ala first starts off addressing the Bani Israel by saying, Remember my favors upon you. When a person will truly sit and ponder, one is we sit and think about that well I have this and I have that. Well shukar, alhamdulillah. But that shukar also is a very very lip service shukar. The reality of shukar is the first ingredient and the first core aspect of shukar is that a person from the bottom of his heart is convinced that whatever I have, I didn't deserve one fraction of it. And despite not deserving it, Allah Ta'ala blessed me with it. But that first part we often don't even reflect on, our minds don't go, into, go to it. That this is not something that I deserved. I didn't deserve anything. Rather what I deserved was the opposite. But Allah Ta'ala out of His grace granted me whatever He granted me. And then to verbally express that shukar with that consciousness that I didn't deserve any of this and to practically put oneself in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala that is the reality of shukar. So in any case this is the first thing to reflect and ponder. 
on the na'mas, the bounties Allah Ta'ala has blessed one with. And with this consciousness that I didn't deserve any of this. And despite that Allah Ta'ala blessed me with all this, when a person will genuinely and truly reflect in this manner, with this consciousness, then that alone will drive him towards obedience. But when he feels somewhere in his heart, well I deserve this, I worked for it, it was my effort after all, my intelligence, oh, this came to me via my, this is all the reflection of the statement of Karun, that when he was told to turn to Allah wa ta'ala, don't get caught up in this pride and arrogance, and all this wealth is not something to now make one's God out of it. So he said, إِنَّمَا أُوتِيْتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي What are you talking about? I gained this out of my own experience and skill and knowledge and profession. This is my doing. So as a result, Allah Ta'ala's hiding finally came. So in any case, this is the first part. Allah Ta'ala is saying, أَوْفُوا بِأَهْدِي أُوْفِي بِأَهْدِكُمْ You fulfill your promise. You fulfill your pledge. What is the pledge the Bani Israel made? That when the last Nabi of Allah Ta'ala comes, they will believe in him. They will follow his way. Allah Ta'ala is saying to them primarily that now you fulfill this. I will fulfill my promise. I will grant you forgiveness. I will give you Jannat. I will give you forgiveness in every sense. So this is my part of it. You do your part of it first. But in general, the lesson of fulfilling one's promises, keeping to one's word, fulfilling one's pledges, this is the general lesson that comes from here. In another ayat, Allah Ta'ala speaks about this as well. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, awfu bil uqood. That whatever pledges you have made, fulfill it. A mu'min is a person true to his word. A mu'min doesn't do something against his word. A mu'min is somebody that fulfills amanat. Something in trust, he never goes against that trust. In the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, one person was dragged along by two people and brought to the court of Umar radiallahu an. A young person and two young people have, have grabbed him and they brought him in the court of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. So what is the problem? What's going on here? Says this person has murdered our father. So we have come now to demand justice. So the Umar after hearing this claim, he asked this person that what do you have to say in reply? Do you have any response to this? So he says what these people are saying is true. He says are you confessing to this crime? He says yes, I did this. I killed the father. Whatever happened, the incident, however it happened and why it happened, but in any case, he's confessing that yes, I'm responsible for this. I killed the father. So the Umar says, well if that is the case, then the law of Islam is that a life for a life. You killed their father, so your life is going to be taken now. This person put his head down and he started thinking for a while. And then he raised his head and he said, Amirul Mu'mineen, I am in no way going to and can I ever oppose the command of Allah Ta'ala, oppose the Shariat of Allah Ta'ala, oppose your order and command. <coughs> I cannot do that and I will not do that. But I am asking for three days respite. In three days time I will present myself back here. Then you can do as you wish. 
This is a strange thing. This person is now sentenced to death. And he's asking for three days respite. Will he even come back? So Umar Dilano says, Well, fine, but somebody must stand guarantee for you. And somebody standing guarantee for you means that if you don't come back, that person will have to stand in your place. So now he looks at the gathering, this person who was now convicted, he looks at the gathering and then his eyes fall on Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu anhu. And he says, this person will stand guarantee for me. So Umar asked him, do you stand guarantee for you? He says, very well, I stand guarantee for him. It's fine. He stands guarantee for you, you may go. So he goes, one day is gone, two days go. The third day everybody gathers, because now the third day this is going to happen now. That this person must present himself, and his life will be taken, life for a life. So the whole gathering is there, this person is there, the, the what you call uh, claimants are there. Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari is there. And now the time is ticking and the day is moving on. And as it's coming closer, these people ask Hazrat Abu Zar, that, are you sure he's going to come? So he says, look, you have nothing to worry about. If he doesn't come, I've already stood guarantee. I'm here. If he comes well and good, if he doesn't come, I'm here. Now, the rest of the gathering are all perturbed. That what happens if this person doesn't come? And this great Sahabi, Abu Zar he has to guarantee for him. So in any case, as the time is ticking, and now it's almost three days to the hour, three days almost to the minute we can say, and suddenly there's a sound, somebody is coming at a high speed, running, and as he comes closer, they see this person. And he comes, he's perspiring totally from head to toe and filled with dust because he was running from far off and coming or riding on a horse or whatever. And now he comes panting and... So everybody is amazed at this. This person did what he said he will do. Three days have passed but on the dot he almost now made it. He came in time. So Zahmar asked him that, what is this all about? You went away, fine, you came back. But what was the whole issue behind this? What made you go in? Why did you go? You've presented yourself, your life is still going to go. So he says, well, actually what the issue was, that there was some amanat. My father passed away. But before he passed away, there was some gold which belonged to my younger brother who was still a child at the time. So my father gave that to me as amanat. And he said, when your brother grows up big enough to be able to look after his own things, then you hand this over to him. And I kept it somewhere, only I knew where I kept it. Had I not gone and taken it and returned it, nobody else would have known, and that amanat would have been lost. So I went, I merely took that, handed it back to him, and I returned. But the distance required this time. So now when he gave this explanation, Hazrat Umar radiallahu turned to Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu anhu. He asked him that you stood guarantee for this man, you knew him? 
He says, no, I didn't know him. I had no idea who he is. So how did you stand guarantee for him then? He says, when he turned and he looked at the gathering, and with such hope he looked at me, and he said, I will stand guarantee, I felt embarrassed and ashamed, that what happens on the day of Qiyamah, if Allah Ta'ala says, why you refused it? That he is looking at me with such hope, how can I now just dish, just uh, dash his hopes? So when this whole scene unfolded in this manner, the claimants, when they heard this, this person's honesty, his uh, concern to fulfill the amanat, and then he kept to his word, and he came back on time. And Hazrat Buzar is standing guarantee for somebody he doesn't even know. He said, look, there's another option as well. We are entitled to take his life, but if we want in return, we can take his blood money, forgive him. We can take the blood money from him. We have forgiven him. We're not going to take his life. We have pardoned him. But the lesson in all this is the lesson of amanat. That he kept to the word also, that was his amanat. That amanat and trust that his father entrusted him with, he took this respite to go and make sure that he's done on time. Now this is the lesson of fulfilling that trust, fulfilling this amanat. So Allah wa ta'ala is saying to us the same aspect and further one point that comes in this, according to one version of this incident, that when he was asked, but what made you come back on time? If you ran away, who would have caught you? He said, I didn't want it to be heard later on that there were people who used to deceive in a certain piece point in time. People used to give their word and they would do something else and that would be attributed to me. And I would set the precedent for such a kind of thing to start. That a person says something and he does something else. I didn't want to set this precedent and leave this as my legacy. So this lesson of amanat. And Allah Ta'ala is giving us this lesson. Ufi bi ahdi ya ya bani Israel askuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa awfu bi ahdi ufi bi ahdikum wa iya ya farhabun. Then Allah Ta'ala says, وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِي That bring Iman on this Qur'an that I have revealed. And further Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِي That don't become the first disbelievers of this Qur'an. The first rejecters. Now the word, أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ don't become the first rejecters. Why the first? If the person is the last rejecter, he rejected it last, he became the last kafir, he is also a disbeliever. The first person is a disbeliever. That person is also doomed to Jahannam. This person is also doomed to Jahannam. So why this word first? The Quran Sharif, nothing is just there, just for the sake of being there. Anything being there without a, valid, a real meaning behind it. Everything has a very deep meaning in it. And what is being taught here is that don't the same lesson that was just discussed now, don't set the wrong precedent. If you set the wrong precedent, you become the means of somebody else following that example that you set, which is a wrong example. Then you will share the burden of that person's wrong as well. You'll get your own son plus his son, and he'll also say get his own son. Just like a person sets a good example. 
the person who sets a good example man sanna sunnatan hasanatan falahu ajruha wa ajru man amila biha the person who sets a good example he sets a good precedent then he gets the reward of that and he gets the reward of those who take the inspiration from what he has done so he started doing something good others started following suit he gets their reward as well and the opposite as well that the person who sets a wrong example the person who conducts himself in a way that others take the wrong lesson from it whether it is in society a person is conducting himself in a way now that others are taking a wrong lesson person among friends he is suggesting things which now are taking the whole group into haram he is conducting himself in a way that is becoming the key to evil in one hadith nabi sallallahu says tuba liman ja'alahu allahu miftahan lil khair mighlaqan lil sharr the glad tidings be to that person and who's saying glad tidings rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam not somebody who is got cannot even fulfill what he says nabi sallallahu alaihi is giving the glad tidings on the promise of allah taala so what will be these glad tidings is beyond our imagination it'll be all the barakat and blessings of dunya and the everlasting ni'mas of the hereafter so nabi sallallahu alaihi says tuba glad tidings to that person who allah taala has made a key to good and a lock upon evil he becomes the key to good he is taking people towards righteousness by his conduct he is making or giving the lesson of goodness to others he is setting an example that takes others closer to deen he is setting an example that makes his own children follow in that footsteps of compassion of kindness of honesty of truthfulness of justice of having an overlooking nature and he setting the right example for his own children his legacy because they will one day follow what they what they see many times it transpires somebody is discussing something say well i grew up in this kind of an environment all the time there was this kind of language spoken that became part of my language the colorful and flowery language was the thing that i used to hear regularly and that became my language Now the person became accustomed to that kind of language from what he was hearing now that is stuck in him he is talking the same thing now so on the one hand this is not an excuse and this does not justify anything because he also has to leave a legacy tomorrow his children are also going to speak the same about him then they are not going to know where he got it from they are going to put the blame on his head So this is not an excuse but at the same time those who left that legacy are going to share the burden those who left that legacy are also going to be sharing that burden they're going to get that sin as well <coughs> so nabi sallallahu alaihi says that person is glad times for him who allah taala has made a key to good and made him a lock on evil and he's setting the right example so now others are following that good example a good example is now spreading others are taking the lead from it and otherwise he leaves a legacy of zulm of oppression of trampling rights of people of all kinds of wrong nabi sallallahu says wa that wa wailun liman ja'alahu allah miftahan lish-sharr 
مغلاقن للخیر that person who has become the key to evil destruction for him or he is setting the precedent of zulm of oppression and this is a very very dangerous thing you don't know when from the depths of somebody's heart some curse comes out Allah knows what will that effect be there was one person who was standing on one street corner somewhere and he's shouting on top of his voice that anybody who wants to listen to my story they'll never ever commit zulm in their life now somebody people are thinking some insane person what's going on with him shouting on the top of his voice say at the street corner one person came and told him hey, what's your problem what's the story so he says no I got a message to give that anybody who listens to my story he'll never ever commit zulm in his life say what's your story after all he says look I was a policeman and one day I was at the seashore and this fisherman was there and he just caught one very good fish so I told him give me this fish now, I'm a policeman this person can see now I am wielding this power and I'm a strong person and I have this authority with me on my side but in any case he refused to give it to me he said no I, I don't I can't give it to you I want it for my family so I said okay sell it to me so he said no I don't want to sell it I need to take this home for my family so he says now when he refused to give it to me and he refused to sell it to me I took my whoop and I whooped him on his head and I snatched that fish away from him and I started walking off the fish was still alive see as I'm coming home somehow that fish jumped and twisted turned whatever and it bit my thumb and it grabbed my thumb in its jaws and as much as I'm trying to release it this fish has held on to it it's now not releasing its grip eventually when it released the grip there were huge holes in my finger I went to a doctor the doctor says that this is now already infected in such a way that if you don't amputate this thumb is going to now destroy everything so you have to amputate the thumb in any case I amputated the thumb but after having amputated the thumb like gangrene sometimes they amputate one portion say no that didn't solve the problem we thought that this would solve it but it's gone beyond that likewise he says after a short while then it was discovered no this is not the end of it my palm will have to be amputated because it's already spread beyond where the thumb was so finally I amputated my palm then some days later the same it's some worms began falling out of the stump of my hand since this is already gone beyond the wrist now you'll have to amputate it from your elbow he says I finally went and amputated my hand from my elbow and after a short while some days passed and those worms are still falling again from the stump of my hand that's left see I became so overwhelmed by this and I ran out into the jungle shouting at the top of my voice but in any case I then fell asleep when I fell asleep somebody in the dream is telling me that how long you're going to keep amputating your limb how far you're going to keep amputating why don't you go and fulfill the rights of people why don't you go and fulfill the rights of people how far are you going to keep amputating he says I woke up from this dream and then I started pondering and thinking and then this struck me that oof that fisherman's fish I took away and I even whooped him on top of that he says I came back looking for him the next day at the same shore and 
my good fortune that that same person was again at the same spot. Because that was probably his job or his livelihood. So he says, I finally came to him and I asked him, please, this is my condition. And I am convinced that this is the zulm that I made on you. This is the result of it. I am paying back that. So please forgive me. Person said, look for Allah Ta'ala's sake, I have forgiven you. So he says, I then asked him, that, did you make any baddua for me? Did you curse me? He says, look, at that time, when you came and did what you did, this came out of my heart. Ya Allah, you made him strong and made me weak. I don't have the strength he has. So you made him strong, you made me weak, and you didn't give me the power to be able to defend myself. Now there are so many situations of this nature, where we have the upper hand, and often we abuse the upper hand. Ya Allah, you made him strong, you made me weak. And you didn't even give me the strength to be able to defend myself. Sometimes we have the upper hand, as a result we can say anything to whoever we want. We have either the financial power to be able to say what we want, and do what we want. Or we have the influence power, or whatever power, or whatever might, whatever strength, whatever authority. And as a result, whether that authority is over people that we work with, whether our employees, whether our colleagues, whether people in our own home, whether people in our families, people in society, or wherever we have some kind of power over somebody else, and that power is sometimes abused. So he says, Ya Allah, you made, me, made him strong and made me weak, and I don't even have the ability to defend myself. Ya Allah, I am now leaving this matter to you to take revenge on my behalf. So we don't know when something happens from somebody's heart. And Allah forbid that that then rebounds. So the lesson was that the Bani Israel are being told, don't set the wrong precedent. Don't set the wrong precedent. One is you'll get your own sin, you will get the sin of those who will follow in your footsteps of doing that wrong as well. And there are so many things that happen which bring others into wrong. Person is hosting a function. Uh, he's host, hosting a function. Uh, he's put all so many haram things in that function. And now he's invited others. So now they come. So it doesn't justify their presence there. Because to be in a place where haram is taking place is not permissible. So they will get their sin, but the person who arranged all this, the person who is showing those movies and videos there now, the person who is allowing or facilitating that intermingling, person who has now put that music on, person who is now creating all this environment of vice and evil, he'll get now if there's 1,000 people, he'll get his own sin plus 1,000 people's sin. Person sends out some evil messages, circulating some kind of filth via all the social media or whatever. Now he pressed one button, sent to one hundred people in one button, one press of one button, sent to five hundred people, press of one button. Now, how many people are reading that? Sometimes some filthy things. And many a times the person says, I was totally, my mind was totally clear. I had no thought of anything. And then this one kind of message came, and I read that message, 
and it just started, it just got my mind running in some direction. And one thing led to another, before I knew it, I was already involved in haram. Now he, there's no excuse for him. That doesn't justify his wrong. But the haram he committed, the person who became the means of it, that person will also get the full sin of this person's haram. So, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ don't set the wrong precedent. Don't become the means of others getting the wrong example and the wrong lesson. Otherwise you'll get your sin and you'll get their sin as well. This is a lesson Allah Ta'ala is giving the Bani Israel and giving us the same lesson through them as well. So Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Islam is saying that glad tidings to the one who Allah Ta'ala has made a key to good. There's something to keep reflecting on. Something to keep thinking deeply upon. Am I becoming the key to good with what I'm saying? With what I'm saying, am I becoming the key to good? Sometimes a person says something and somebody else becomes depressed as a result. Of the statement this person made, he totally depresses somebody else. Now in that state of depression, the person now, Allah forbid, what not happens after it? Now he became the key to good or the key to evil? So Nabi Sassim is saying become the key to good. Sometimes a person says something, he just raised somebody's spirits, lifted somebody's spirits. The person was down and out. He was feeling so miserable. And there are real life incidents where the person was actually contemplating suicide at that time. And somebody came and just said some kind words to him, just consoled him in some way. They didn't even know what's going in his mind, what's going on in his mind. Just patted him on his back, don't worry, gave him some kind of hope. And this person got out of that condition of his. Now, this has become the key to so much of good. And this person has become the lock on such an evil that could have taken place. So this is a person who Nabi Islam is giving this glad tidings to. Glad tidings to the one who has become the key to good and the lock on evil. And Allah forbid the destruction to the one who has become the key to evil and the lock on good. Many a times a person wants to do the right things but somebody or the other, sometimes people who are the nearest to him, they become the obstacle. Now is this not the what is being warned against in this Hadith Sharif? That a person becomes the lock on good. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us tawfiq that we forever become conscious of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. We fulfill whatever our promises and pledges are with people and more than anything else, our pledge with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. That we are his servants, we are totally his slaves. And therefore we owe our total obedience and allegiance to Allah Ta'ala alone. And in this same ayat also, the last part of this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Fear me alone. Don't fear society. Don't fear people's comments. People's comments will never finish off. That very very old and famous story about that father and son were walking along with that horse. So both were walking and the horse was walking also and they passed through, passed by some people, they said, look at the stupid people. They got a horse and they're walking. So both of them jumped on the horse. And as they walked along and then somebody saw them and said, look at these cruel people. Two people on one horse. So in any case, now the father jumped off. They passed by some people, they said, look at this cruel son, he's making his father walk. So then the father jumped on and the son started walking. And as they passed through some other people, they said, look at this cruel father. He's making his little child, the son walk and he's riding. 
So now they got so frustrated, both of them started carrying the horse and walking. <laughs> so now they passed by some people, they said, look at this. It seemed like they have either come out from the asylum or they are ready candidates for the asylum. So whichever situation it was, somebody had a comment. There was not a situation where they got safe from some comment. So likewise, a person should be concerned about what is going to please Allah Ta'ala. What is going to please Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, that is what his concern should be. Trying to please people, he'll never be able to please people and never be able to please everybody all the time. He'll be able to please somebody sometime. But at the same time, somebody else will be displeased. So while he did something in a certain way, he did that wedding in style to please a certain... In that same moment, he'll, so many others will get displeased for other reasons, whatever the reasons would be. Somebody now will make a suggestion. And you see you're doing it, but make the theme this. Now you want to have a certain theme now. So now you want to have the theme about everybody must be on, in space. So somebody else said, no, it must be now in the submarine. So now because he didn't accept the submarine, he went to space. So finish now, the person cut family ties with him. This might be an extreme example, but on flums, the, the, the example might be just something out of the air. But the reality is, on stupid things of this nature, like this, people break off family ties when things are happening in a manner that is against Allah Ta'ala's way Allah Ta'ala's command against the way of Rasulullah then something or the other on those occasions that are meant to bring happiness those very occasions become the means of so much of misery from outside everything will be glittering and glamorous and everything will seem like there wasn't a better situation and more enjoyable occasion but ask the people that went through it, that very situation that they did to please everybody, but in the process displeased Allah Ta'ala, they themselves finished off in misery. So Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, that we be concerned all the time of pleasing Allah Ta'ala. And when we will please Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will keep us happy also. Then whether somebody else is happy or not, if we are happy, what more we want? Allah Ta'ala will grant us the barakat and blessings of dunya, and dunya is dunya, dunya is a place of test. Some ups and downs will keep happening in dunya. But in the midst of all that ups and downs also, he will be content. He will be at peace. And the real place of peace is akhirat. The real place of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala is the everlasting bounties of Jannat. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Allahumma <laughs> 
محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلالہ ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لک الحمد کلہ و لک الشکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما ہو اہلو ربنا غلمنا انفسنا 
Forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all your bounties we are benefiting from every second, Ya Allah. Every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, without your grace and mercy, we cannot exist for one second, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us the gift of sight, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you enable us to hear, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you granted us the gift of speaking, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you granted us our hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you granted us our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you gave us the mind and intellect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, every single thing is from you alone, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all your ni'mats and bounties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, billions and billions of bounties, Ya Allah. Countless bounties and ni'mats and favors, Ya Allah. All the time we are benefiting from, we are using, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, despite all this, we have been so disobedient, Ya Allah. We have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this major crime of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this major sin of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the ittiba of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Enable us to follow his noble way of life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the hatred of the ways of Yehud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from their way of life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the love of the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from falling in deception through your respite, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your respite is for us to come back to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are misunderstanding your respite, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are going deeper into sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from that moment, Ya Allah. That when suddenly out of the blue, your whoop will crack, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you protect us and safeguard us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our children, Ya Allah. Save our families, Ya Allah. Save our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to come back, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of, Ya Allah, istiqamatun tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from going back to the haram, Ya Allah. Save us from going back to the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the evils of the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us from ever looking at any haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from looking at haram on our phones, Ya Allah. Save us from looking at haram on the internet, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. 
Allah, this has become, Ya Allah, such a trap of shaitan, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, it's swallowing people, Ya Allah. And it's swallowing entire communities, Ya Allah. And it's destroying marriages, Ya Allah. And it's breaking homes, Ya Allah. And it's making humans into animals, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, only through your protection we can be saved, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, save our families, Ya Allah. Allah, save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a topic of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us that kind of salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make our zikr daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to speak to you daily in dua, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a topic of fulfilling all your commands, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and disobedience, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Run in the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to task on that day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to task on that day, Ya Allah. Ya we have nothing to present, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have nothing to present, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, without any accountability, take us directly to Jannati Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them Shifaya Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Allah, give them complete Shifaya Allah. Remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, those who don't have jobs, give them good jobs, Ya Allah. Allah, give halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you have to know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Grant each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the true way of life of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sought refuge from. Ya Allah, we are also begging your protection, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين